morning, I would like to title my sermon as what God is doing through the coronavirus. What God is doing through the coronavirus. You know, this is a very valid question that we can ask. Because we know the trouble that the world is going through. We know the difficulties the world is facing because of COVID-19. And I believe this morning it is a very valid question to ask within us and to the word of God to find an answer for this question, what God is doing through the coronavirus. Coronavirus has made such a huge global impact. Not only more than 300,000 lives are affected or lost, in fact, it caused a sharp decline in the global, global economy of retail, service, and manufacturing sectors because they are all crashing down and that leads to a sudden drop of 25 to 30 percentage in the stock market. Lockdown situation around the world accelerated job losses. More than 30 million people in the United States, that is one in every five American workers, they filed for unemployment benefits. Statistics Canada's labor force survey data says more than 3 million jobs were lost by end of April. They are already lost by end of April. For example, Air Canada announced effective from June 7th approximately 50 to 60 percent of the companies, that is 38,000 employees, 60 to 50 to 60 percent of 38,000 employees will be laid off by June 7th, that is around 20,000 Air Canada employees will become unemployed. Now we are living in a very difficult situation. You know, even though things, we, we think that, you know, things are, we are all getting ready to reopen, but the economy is still going down. And it, the, 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 the impact of COVID is going to continue to stay for, you know, the coming months and the coming days. Mental health of the frontline healthcare workers are continuing to decline. Many of them are constant, you know, many of them are contracted with the disease already. Many of them are traumatized seeing the high death rate and there is a fear that is built up in them. You know, and, and more than that, the non-availability of PPE, that is the personal protective equipment, they're all leading to frustration. You know, the, the frontline healthcare workers are getting frustrated. You know, we also know that, you know, in the New York State, there were a couple of, you know, suicides because, you know, they are no more willing to see their patient dying in front of them. Mental health has been a concern, it's been an issue. 47% of healthcare workers in Canada have reported a need of psychological support for them to continue to their work, uh, continue their work. 50% of healthcare workers in the people, People's Republic of China reported depression already. You know, it is a very valid question to ask, what is God doing through the coronavirus? We can't answer this question on the God of Bible, you know, by seeing the statistics 
and by seeing and what we are listening from the news channels, we cannot really answer this question, that question on the God of the Bible. Before we even attempt to answer this question, we must understand who our God is and how immense his wisdom is and how mighty he is. Apart from the fact that God is faithful, God is good, and God is just, God is holy, and God is ever-loving, God is merciful and gracious, I want to highlight some of the attributes of God that is relevant as we attempt to answer the question, what is God doing through the coronavirus? Now, I just want to highlight a couple of attributes of our God, characteristics of our God, before even we try to answer this question. First of all, God is infinite. He is self-existing without origin. No one created God. He existed even before all things were created. Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 36, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people said, Amen and praise be to the Lord. God is an infinite God. Secondly, God is immutable. The absoluteness of our God he never changed. God does not change. Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. God is not changing. He is unchanging God. Thirdly, God is self-sufficient. He has no need. God doesn't depend on you and me for anything. God doesn't depend on you and me for anything. You know, He is all sufficient by Himself. Colossians 1 16 and 17 Bible says for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things consist you know God is self-sufficient God doesn't need anything else Number four, God is omnipotent. We know about it. God is all powerful. Omnipotent means he's the ultimate power. God is able to, able and he is powerful to do anything that he wants. Psalm 36 verse 6 says, Psalm 33 verse 6, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. God is omniscient. You know, which... Um, means God just simply God knows everything Isaiah 46 verses 9 and 10 remember the former things of old for I am God and there is no other I am God and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done you know God is omnipresent omniscient and God is omnipresent he's always everywhere it talks about the ability of our God to be present in all places, all times. Psalm 139 verses 7 to 10. Psalmist says, where can I grow from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the hill, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. God is wise. He is full of perfect and unchanging wisdom. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. 
Wisdom is more than knowledge or intelligence. A wise man is the one who makes decisions based on the understanding, based on the knowledge. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, The foolishness of God is wiser than the human wisdom. Even the foolishness of God is wiser than the human wisdom. You know, we are serving a God who is mighty. Just want you to want to impress you today on the abilities of God. On the abilities of God. You know, God is infinite. God is immutable. God is all-sufficient. God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. And our God is full of wisdom in Him. With this understanding about God, now let's ask the question. What is God doing through the coronavirus? And you need to have a good understanding in the word of God. And of course, we need to have faith in God to answer this question. Number one, there are four aspects. There are four things God is doing on the face of this earth during this coronavirus. Number one, God is awakening, not abandoning. Can you say that with me? God is awakening, not abandoning. Coronavirus is a God-given wake-up call to the church. Christian world is already cluttered with the false prediction of the coming of the Lord. But what remains true is the Lord is going to come back to this world. So during coronavirus, you know, God is doing something. He's up to something. And number one thing that we are learning this morning is God is awakening the church. As Jesus was talking to his disciples on the 40th day after his resurrection, as they were watching... You know, he was taken up into the heaven, into the clouds. Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1, two men appeared in white apparel. And this is what they said in Acts chapter 1 verse 11. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. You know, God is not abandoning us, but God is awakening the church. You know, God is not, it's not that God is not caring for his people during this time, but God is telling that I'm going to come back soon and you need to get ready. You need to be awake and you need to get ready. In Matthew 24, when the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, they asked these questions and they asked, this is what they asked, and what will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? This is the exact question the disciples asked Jesus. And Jesus said so many things to take place on the face of this earth, including wars and famine and pestilence and earthquake. You know, many things will take place on the face of this earth. And you will be, he's also said, in the last days, you will be hated by anybody. Love will grow cold. He said there will be deception. There will be false Christ, false Jesus appearing here and there. People will be taken into deception. And also Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom will be preached all over the world. And he said, then there will be great tribulation. And then the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus was talking about the second coming of Lord Jesus Christ. Not the rapture in, in Matthew chapter 24. He's talking about the second coming of Lord Jesus Christ. Then Jesus said, as no one knows the day and hour, wake up and be ready. Matthew 24, 44. Therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. You know, Jesus is going to come back to this world in an hour that we, none of us expect. None of us can predict that. None of us are trying to, none of us need, no need to try to predict the date when Jesus is coming. 
Only father knows. Even Jesus doesn't know. And the angels, they do not know. Prophet Zechariah talks about the actual coming of the Lord and how it is going to take place when Jesus comes during his second visit to the face of this earth. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 4 says, And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount Olives. You know, Jesus was taken up into heaven from Mount Olives and Jesus' feet is going to touch the same Mount Olives when he comes back to this world which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. Zechariah prophesied, prophesied saying that no, this is what is going to happen. God is saying, church, awake, stay awake. If Matthew 24 is about the second coming of the Lord, remember the rapture of the church is, 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 is told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That can take place any moment now from now. And God is asking the church to be awake and do his work. Jesus said we cannot continue to do his work forever. We can do only, we can work only when, during day. And the night is coming when no one can work. And Jesus is asking us, asking the church to be awake during this time, during the time of coronavirus. So what God is doing through the coronavirus, number one, God is awakening the church, not abandoning. Number two, God is purifying the church, not punishing what God is doing through the coronavirus. Number two, God is purifying the church. God is purifying the church, not punishing his own. Remember, this is not the time of judgment. God is still gracious. God is still merciful. He's long-suffering, waiting all of us to repent. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, he's still patient with us. He's still long-suffering. You know, he's still waiting for us to turn back to God. The number two reason why and what God is doing through the coronavirus, he's purifying you and me, not punishing. God is purifying his people through coronavirus. You know, it sounds funny, but you know, when you know you are God, when you have trust in the Lord God, you can never deny that, you know, this is what God is doing in your life and in my life. God uses every opportunity to turn people toward him. In the past, if you see any of the disaster when it took place, you know, the, 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 the ultimate work, ultimate objective of the Lord God was, you know, to draw his people toward him. You may ask, if it is not the judgment of God, are we not going through the pain of this pandemic? Yes, we are all going through the pain of this pandemic, especially those who are affected, those who already lost their lives, the families, the dear ones of those who, are, who, do are already, who already died. For those who follow Christ, listen to me carefully, for those who follow Christ, or those who belong to Christ, this pain is not condemnation. Listen to me, this pain is not judgment. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1 says, 
And if you are a child of God, you know, if you are going through the sickness in your body yet now, it's not that God is punishing you. Those who lost their lives, it's not that God is punishing them. If they are in Christ Jesus, the pain for us is purifying. Not punitive, but it is punishing. It's not punishing in nature. The pain that we go through is not punitive. It's not punishing in nature, but it is purifying in nature. God has not disdained us for wrath. First Thessalonians 5.9 Sometimes we may die of sickness. There are many people of God, many who follow us of God. They died, they lost their lives during this COVID-19. Listen to me. Sometimes we may die of this disease or the disaster like, you know, like all other human beings. But for those who are in Christ, the sting of death has been removed at the cross. Do you know that? For those who are in Christ, even if you die, the sting of death has been already removed at the cross. To Paul says, that's the reason Paul writes in, first, in, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 and 23. He says to live is Christ and to die is gain. To depart is to be with Christ forever. And he says, which is far better, which is far better than this world. God is purifying, not punishing. You may say that, you know, we are unable to come to church during this time. We are unable to take part in the Holy Communion during this time. How can God purify the church? Remember, church is not the building. Remember, church is the body of Christ. The group of believers spread across the whole world. God is at work in many lives during this time. He's dealing with people in many different ways. He's asking us to repent. He's asking us to, you know, keep our lives clean. This is the time that you and I need to be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I want to illustrate this way. In order for us to stay safe, stay, stay safe from coronavirus, and as part of the reopening guide, there is a need to clean uh, you know, and disinfect all the objects we frequently touch, such as doorknobs, light switches, handles, phones, keyboards, and faucets, and you know, even gas pumps in the gas station, gas pump handles, and the touch screens and ATM, all these need to be, wherever we touch frequently, all these need to be cleansed and disinfected frequently. In the same way, today our life is constantly touching this world, the sinful world, the ugliness of this world, the filthiness of this world. It's, you know, it's, it's infecting us, it's affecting us, and you and I need to clean ourselves. And this is the time to do that. God is not punishing, but God is purifying us. There is another way to look at the whole situation. People are worried during this time. The threat of sickness. The pain of going through the sickness. The uncertainty of the days that we are living in. They are looking for a place to go. People of this world, they are trying to find a shelter where they can hide themselves for the couple of you know, days and months which are yet to come. Because they are not sure how they are going to handle the situation. The threat is so heavy. The suffering is so much. The uncertainty, uncertainty is something that they cannot handle. And Bible says, you need to come to a solid rock. God is not punishing, but God is purifying you and me by calling him to the solid rock. Psalm 61 verse 2 says, from the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, listen to me. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
When my heart is overwhelmed, you know, we are living in a time our hearts are overwhelmed and God is calling us and God is telling us that we need to come to a rock that is higher than all of us. Come and repent and ask for his forgiveness. Let God cleanse you. You know, this is the time that you need to ask the forgiveness of God. This is the time that you need the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, cleansing of the blood of the Lamb, cleansing of the word of God to take place in your life and my life. So what God is doing through the coronavirus, number two, God is purifying you and me and not punishing. Number three, God is loosening, not securing. God is loosening the roots. God is loosening the roots this time. What is God doing through the coronavirus? God is loosening the roots of the settled Christians across the globe and giving them a sense of how unvaluable the life on the face of this earth. Now it appears that the church is not happening. Listen to me. Ministries are not thriving and mission fields are shut down. That's what it appears. But the reality is God is at work for the next phase of the mission. Listen to me carefully. This is important. His blood is not that sheep. His blood is not that sheep that it will go waste during the pandemic time. No, not at all. His blood is not that sheep that it will go waste during the pandemic downtime. No, God is already at work. We are talking about what God has been doing through the coronavirus. God is loosening. He is not securing. God is already speaking in the young minds and about mission. God is already speaking in the young minds about ministry. And you know, to take ministry and mission at their future profession, God is already at work and God is already speaking to many people today. Many young minds are getting tuned to God. Ministry is trying to establish within their own comfort zone. God is showing them the mission field. We are talking about God is loosening, not securing during this time of coronavirus. Church is making plans to establish Church is making plans to build huge buildings. God is telling the urgency of advancing the gospel. Listen to me. People who are trying to settle down in their own comfort. God is loosening their roots and telling them. This is what exactly God is telling them. Go therefore. God is exactly telling them this. Go therefore. And make disciples of all nations. This is not the time to sit and relax in your comfort zone. I'm going to open up the economy. I'm going to open up the travel. I'm going to open up everything in the coming days. But God is telling at the church, can you get ready? I'm just wanting to loosening all the ties that you have. You are tightly tied on the face of this earth. And God is telling that, go therefore. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. Amen. This is what exactly God is at work. God is doing right now. His kingdom is in need of missionaries. 
You know, church has come to a point and we have made a settlement, you know, very comfortably in all our churches that, you know, all that we need to do is we need to take care of the flock on Sunday morning. And we need to just deliver a beautiful message and, you know, you need to just encourage them, motivate them, and you need to sing a song so that, you know, they will rejoice and they will get filled with the Holy Spirit and Jesus go away. And God is saying that I'm loosening the ties. I'm just making you ready. I'm just getting you ready so that you will do my work and you need to do the work when it is still day, it is not night it. His kingdom is in need of missionaries, medical missionaries, pilots, teachers, and many more. God is not done with us yet. He's loosening the ties of people who are planning to settle down in one place and, you know, and getting them ready for the upcoming and God is, you know, getting them ready, really. They have plans to settle down in one place. But God is moving people still. And he is just getting them ready for the upcoming move of, in fact, a great evangelical move of God in the coming days. And that will be followed by a great revival. Listen to me. God is raising many more Billy Grahams. God is raising many more David Wilkerson's. God is raising many more Reinhard Bonges. God is raising many more Ravi Zacharias during this time of pandemic. You know, you would come across the news. There are many, you know, there's a older generation people of God who have been serving the Lord God. You know, they are just disappearing from the face of this earth nowadays. Why? God is raising a new generation. That's what God is doing right now. Remember, God is not slowing down during the slowdown. Remember, God is not locked down during the lockdown. God is at work. You know, we need to remove that defect, men, de defeat mentality. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, what can church do? What can we do? Where can we go? When will be the time that we'll be able to get together in, in service, in worship? You know, we need to just remove that defect, defeat mentality. And we need to stop thinking that nothing is happening, but everything is happening. God is already on the move. God is already at work. We need to remove the defeat mentality. God is loosening the roots of people. Number four, we will close with this. During the coronavirus, God is convincing people, but he is not pleasing people. Listen to me carefully. God is trying to convince us with the worth of Christ. I would repeat that again. God is trying to convince you and me with the worth of Christ. We lost that. Somewhere along the line, the church already lost how much worth Christ is. We just lost that. And God is convincing the church, convincing his people with the worth of Christ. He's not trying to please us by giving all the earthly blessings. You know, this, this phrase is very important. Listen to me. God is showing what had happened in Italy and New York and other parts of the globe and telling us it is not worth planning for this life alone your life can be taken from the face of this earth at any moment it's not worth planning your life for this earth alone god is convincing you and me during this coronavirus time you know otherwise we won't turn back to god god is using this opportunity to deal with you as you listen to me right now during this pandemic we have experienced loss of job and loss of lives both Christians and non-Christians, they suffer sickness. Both businesses and economy fell down, still falling down. People lost their safety and protection. God is convincing us with the fact that 
Jesus did not come to this world to give health and wealth. Listen to me. Instead, Jesus came to this world to reveal his father. Have you ever thought of that? The reason why Jesus came to this world, the world was perishing in sin. The world was, you know, losing, the world was losing lives in sinful nature of this world. And Jesus came to this world to represent Father so that people will know, people will see Father God in Jesus. John chapter 14 verse 7 says, if you had known me, you would know, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him. And because you have seen me, that's what Jesus said. We are not asking to seek the blessings. Listen to me. We need to understand the worth of Christ. We cannot compare the worth of Christ with the blessings of this world. We are not asked to seek the blessings. We are asked to seek the kingdom. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. We need to seek the kingdom of God and that kingdom is the eternal kingdom. You know, this pandemic really has already exposed all the self-seeking, all the man-pleasing ministers and ministries whose root was not in Christ Jesus. But on the blessings of wealth and health of this world. You know, I'm talking about all the prosperity preachers and all the faith healers and all the prophetic fortune tellers. You know, you can decide who they are. When pandemic comes, nothing works. Nothing works. Everyone is taken out from the face of this earth. But God is alive. And God is omnipresent and omnipotent. And he is omniscient. He is full of wisdom. And he only can work you in, in your life and my life in this situation. And hey, listen to me. I just want to add this to this sermon. Any ministry that is not attracting people to follow Christ... Through the excitement, let me repeat that again, any ministry that is attracting people to follow Christ, any ministry that is attracting people to follow Christ, through the excitement of health promises, wealth promises, and prediction of the future is not from God. Listen to me carefully. Any ministry that is attracting people to follow Christ through the excitement of health promises and wealth promises and prediction of the future is not from God. Ministries telling you to deny yourself. You now we are just coming back to the book right now. The ministries and the ministers of God who are telling you to deny yourself and take up your cross to follow Christ, they are from God. They are from God. You must be taught to follow Christ. And material blessing will follow. The first and the foremost important things that need to be taught to the people of God is to follow Christ. And Christ must be your supreme treasure. Christ must be our supreme treasure, not money, not blessings, not job, not health, not popularity, not our ability to predict what is coming you know they are all secondary christ must be our supreme priority and every material blessing you thought you can receive from christ will be taken out of you because they all belong to this world any material blessing they all belong to this world only one remains eternal is the knowledge of knowing christ i'm just going to end quickly 
God is convincing us that the worth of Christ is much more higher than the blessings this world could offer you to you and me. God is telling the church, listen to me, this is important. God is telling you and me, God is telling the church exactly this. How long you pray for worldly blessings? All your prayer request is for your job, your visa, and you know, your health, and your family. How long we'll be continuing to pray for only these things? How long we will go behind those prophets who will say something good fortune about your future? How long you want to do it? It is said that Christian leaders are feeding the church with what God can do to bless them in this world. Every sermon it's all about blessing. You know, there is no rebuke, there is no denial, there is no self-denial, there is no question or no, no, no preaching on following Christ. It's all about blessings. How long you want to do it? And God is making a change. God is convincing you and me. Christ is the supreme priority. When will we all start praying for more revelation of Christ? When will we start praying that we need more understanding? Lord, open my eyes. Lord, let me know you, Lord. When will we start studying the Bible to gain knowledge of Christ? When we start, start living like Christ so that we will, can reflect Christ to this world? God is convincing you during this pandemic time that the earthly blessings are worthless when compared to the worth of Christ. For this reason, I'm just going to conclude this reason, Paul counted all the earthly blessings as rubbish because he wanted to know Christ. Let's go back to the scripture, Philippians chapter 3. If you have a Bible, just open the scripture portion today. We are just going to pray over it. Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 to 11. Philippians chapter 3, 7 to 11. Paul says, but what things were gained to me? That what things were gained to me? That includes all the earthly blessings you obtained through your prayer and fasting. All the prayer requests you sent to different ministry, ministries and to send you to different prayer warriors. All the blessings that you received, crying to God, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want that. It includes everything. Paul is writing, but what things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish that I may for what reason he counted them he just did not you know counted them rubbish as he wants to you know uh, walk on the streets uh, streets just you know as if he is not having anything on this face of this earth no 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 he did not lose anything he did not lose anything just to show that you know he is a follower of Christ he lost everything he counted everything as rubbish he left everything that I may gain Christ God is convincing your heart and my my heart today Christ is the supreme most priority. Christ is the priority for you. And verse 9, Philippians 3, and be found in him. That is his desire. That, let that be our prayer need. Let that be our prayer request. That we may be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is from God by faith. And verse 10, he says that I may know him. 
you know, knowing Christ and knowing God, let that be an ultimate priority of your life and my life. And God is trying to convince you and me. The moment you look at the tragedy that is coming upon the land, the, the, the churches who lost their 40 and 50 and 60 members, they, they, they just died during this time of COVID. And God is, you know, telling the remaining believers that it is time to consider Christ as the supreme priority in your life. No more your settlement on the face of this year. That doesn't matter. Anyway, it will happen. Anyway, all the blessings will follow. You don't need to seek the blessing, but you need to seek Christ. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Verse 11. If by any means, if Paul had to say this, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. He is willing to do everything that he can do because he has to be found in the resurrection of the Lord. This morning I believe God is convincing you and me. Christ is the supreme priority. The rest of the blessings are all given to enjoy. But we are not behind those blessings. We are not teaching those blessings. We are not saying that if you follow Christ you will receive all the blessings. No, 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 no. We are not talking about that at all. We are talking about, we are preaching Christ. Finally, as we conclude, what God is doing through the coronavirus, number one, God is awakening the church, not abandoning. God is purifying the church, not punishing. God is loosening our ties that are you know, heavily tying us along with the world that we are not able to do anything for God. Maybe it's your job, maybe it may be your, uh, your, your wealth, or maybe your health condition, or maybe your family, whatever it may be. If they are not allowing you to serve God, God is trying to loosen those things during this time. Finally, God is convincing you and me. God is not trying to please you. God is trying to convince you that Christ is the supreme priority in your life.